It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is significantly easier from outside of the cage. It's science. John Travolta would be in favor of a sentence that, well, maybe not that clear, but he would certainly love the logic. I'm Kevin, your host. With me, of course, the man that was covering the Oscars, well, much more attentively than the aforementioned John Travolta. Dare I say, outside of Ellen, you might have cared the most about the Oscars last night. Raf Esparza, Raf, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. First time you've been compared uh, to Ellen DeGeneres uh, today? I don't know that I cared about it more than Ellen, or... Uh, no, because I think we both... <laughs> it's too easy. I'm not going to take that joke. It's a, there's an easy lesbian joke that I'm just fucking not doing. But, okay. <laughs> just so uh, everyone's clear, that. that's the joke I was making. Just yeah, so everyone... The, you guys was, dress the just same... Gonna, your humor's the same. You could replace her on her show, and I think people would not notice for two weeks. Oh, yeah. I just fucking dance up and down. <laughs> I fucking set the stairs with a whole bunch of moms and just like, hey, you oh, left your yeah. kids for two hours with the babysitter. Enjoy Ellen. Yay. <laughs> people would be so cheery about it, too. <laughs> they would. Uh, I would say, you know, the, the people who are obviously the most excited about the Oscars are the nominees themselves. So I, I can't beat those people, and especially the winners. But uh, I'm up there. I, I do enjoy watching it because I love the shared experience. There are so few shared experience things that happen. Uh, like the Super Bowl is great. Oscars are always great. So big award show that you can always make fun of. Uh, and and I, I think I've said this to you multiple times. The thing I hate the most is we are now in this era of first world problems where you have those people who go, oh, I hate it when my friends blow up my news feed. Shut the fuck up. That is <laughs> the dumbest thing you can complain about as look a human Look away. Man. Just look away. You cannot be on your Facebook. You know what this is like? This is like when they tried to create that pill that helped the roof of your mouth when you ate too hot of food. It's like... You... <laughs> Just hold on. Like, just look away from the Facebook yeah. thing. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm with you. I hate when people do that. Like, it's not like we're you're sending invites to Candy Crush at an uncontrollable no, fuck level. Those you're <laughs> simply articulating funny posts, dare I say, including my favorite was Thank your you. Bill Murray. When Bill Thank Murray you. stands, you stand. It was just you like you're right. You you were right. Yeah, and the hard part is is that. These shows do take themselves very seriously, and that's why it's so fun to make fun of them. And and there's a lot of good stuff that they do that I think people forget about as they watch these shows because they're so used to – when you ask somebody, you're like, did you watch the Oscars? Ah, oh, no, I hate people when they like fucking self-congratulate <laughs> each other because they fucking jerk off in their faces. Okay. Sure. <laughs> they, yeah, I don't. I guess I didn't meet any of those people, but that's because I also had to wake my girlfriend up to watch the Oscars. Right. It was like it's on. <laughs> did, <laughs> there's or you get the people who go, wait, did you watch the ESPYS? <laughs> yeah, way different. LeBron, am I right? <laughs> right. Okay. There was that time they had Matt Leinart. Let me suggest something to you that I think the UFC and mixed martial arts should definitely take from the Oscars, specifically last night's broadcast. Please do. You should have live musical performance at a lot of these <laughs> venues. Like, how cool okay. would it be if, uh, like, Fun came in the cage before uh, the third or fourth fight and played, like, a little live? We have you time. You could have picked a more white, happy-sounding group. 
okay, I mean... Then fun. <laughs> Wait, True. that's the band you're going to go with, fun? I'm saying it's a good band to start. Maybe if okay. Adele Nazim is free next year, <laughs> she could do some of I, I think you're mispronouncing her name. I think it's Zim. <laughs> and tonight's show is absolutely dedicated to whoever that performer happens to be. It I is think definitely dedicated to the honor of Adele Zim. Hey, follow us on Twitter at Verbal Tapcast. Give us comments if you really want something asked or answered on the air at Verbal Tapcast on Twitter. You're gonna find it. Can be we? I'm gonna stop you for a second because. The fake fucking account they created for the John Travolta flub had more users than we do. (laughs) Which is ridiculous, people. seconds. Yeah, fight community. Yeah, come on, fight community. We're getting beat by people that were just watching Oscars for like a joke that will only live on for 24 to 48 hours. Whereas we're a joke that's going to live on forever. At least another three to five years. I mean, this joke is just getting funnier. With that, Raph, I have a special surprise for everyone that was both watching the Oscars and doesn't (laughs) care about them, but is more specifically listening to today's show. Yay, what is it? As people would know, you and I talk about a lot of things on air. We talk about a lot of current events. We're going to get people caught up in the world of MMA, and tonight is no exception. First of all, quick teaser, Joe the Nose Wilk going to be on after all this fun. But we have identified all of the different top news stories that are of most value to UFC listeners, MMA listeners, jiu-jitsu listeners, everyone. And we are going to give out those awards and inform people. Do you think we'll be able to pull off both? No. Okay, I don't either. So let's start with similarities, and this is where you're going to earn your money, because uh, I don't explain things to people well, especially... <laughs> no, we can leave it there. You go ahead. Um, similarities... <laughs> no, 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 please give us an example. <laughs> no. You don't explain things well to people. Let's I'd let's love to just... hear that. So today, I, I, well, Sunday, I was trying to explain to people how to get from the chapel to the reception hall. And it didn't go great. Because, first of all, I don't live in Pennsylvania where the wedding was that I was at this weekend. And somebody was like, uh, is there a shell between us and that distinction? And I was like, sir, if there are, I don't know. Um, think of this more as, like, your first time swimming. And he looked at me like I was losing it. And I was like, you just want to listen to the directions of your GPS. So I found myself trying to explain technology and directions through a swimming metaphor, Raph. You know, Kevin... I'm glad I made you do that for multiple reasons. But the most prominent of all the reasons for you doing that is I like that you double down in times of crisis. Yeah. And you go, oh, shit. Instead of saying that's a terrible metaphor, I don't know why I'm even talking about it. You just live in it and go, I overcome it. Yeah. It's like, well, if you don't want to talk about swimming, sir, then I don't know how to get you there. So if you want to take a backstroke to the nearest, oh, God, shell station. (laughs) Then please, butterfly your way. Woo, okay, so close. Side stroke out of this. You can do it. Focus yourself. So tonight we're going to compare the Oscars with big storylines in mixed martial arts. And it's fitting because of where UFC is going. Some of what we're going to talk about, I don't think people have seen. (laughs) They're very similar. You know, a lot of people will say... 
oh man, uh, I heard that Oscar-nominated film is actually pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard good things about it. Same with, for example, Gravity. Haven't seen it, Raph. Oh, it's really good. Haven't seen it. Won a lot of awards. Not familiar. Yep. And it's it's good. I, I would highly recommend it. And you know what? It's cheaper than what it would have taken for me to watch Fightback because I can rent Gravity for six ninety nine, maybe even five ninety nine on Amazon for HD. Oh uh, no 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 way! Go Redbox on that bullshit. Redbox that? Um, yeah. Okay, I'll just jump in my DeLorean and see if it'll take me back to the early two thousands where Redbox. Was oh, I'm thing. sorry. Oh, okay. We'll you just want to waste your money. I see how you do life now. First up, best use of TRT. Raph, are you ready? Yes, I am. Who won? The award goes to Vitor Belfort for... Yay! And I'm going to try and say this. His withdrawal from UFC 173? Oh, who can say? Who can say? And that actually takes us to our next category. Best explanation of what happened with TRT and the award goes to... No one. No one gets the award for this. No one's explaining it well. The UFC's not doing a good job. Ref, can you give us just like a little breakdown on how important it is to interview someone before you make a statement on their behalf? Yes. I'll say this. The UFC on this one, it was a little confusing because you first heard that Vitor pulled out of this fight. First now, thing Vitor's this pulled out of in years. Zing! There you go. Thank you. Kevin, you know, you're you're keeping consistent on your amount of easy joke executions tonight. Good. But the, the important part about this is they did that a day after there was a new ban. Uh, the Nevada State uh, Athletic Commission said no more TRT. Okay, makes sense. Vitor, yeah, absolutely. you know. I don't think anyone was Dino juiced. <laughs> yeah. Get it. So then they say that Vitor is the one pulling out of it. And Vitor then responds the next day, uh, I know pull out of anything. No, it wasn't me. Blah, <laughs> That's blah, probably blah. what it was. <laughs> Whoever did the translation uh, put the proper English. Sure exactly. But yours, yeah, yours is much more accurate. I know it Thank is. Thank you. Uh, I have so much respect and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And uh, other H-sounding words. It, it, it got really muddled. So there was just this weird timeline of the UFC and Vidor not having their shit straight. And if you really want to get a good synopsis of the timeline, I would highly suggest reading Jeremy Botter's article on it. Uh, he does an article for the Bleacher Report. And it kind of takes you through the insanity that was the past few days of them saying, uh, it's Vidor's fault. Yeah. Uh, hey, Leonardo Machida, look, it's here. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have Jeremy Botter as an honorable mention. Oh, good. Um, right here. So let me ask you this. The award for best support of the TRT band, Leonardo Machida, Chris Weidman, or Michael Bisping? Ooh, good nominees. Good year. Um, I would nominees. say. Ooh, okay, I'm going to go with Chris Weidman. You are buying into all the hype, but mm. sadly, you apparently didn't see Michael Bisping's performance when he not only said that this was a great thing, he also then called out Vitor Belfort, obviously looking for that 90 days 
post no TRT Belfort and said that uh, he'll just find another way to cheat. So we're going to give it to Bisping. Mm. He took it to that next level, Raph. He did. And I don't know if you saw the other article that Bisping said, but Bisping basically said those last three losses were all to guys who use TRT. So he should really only have one loss on his record. (laughs) And that he should be next in line for said fight although he said it in bisping language which was kind of like yeah well you know i mean it's me i think i'm pretty still good yeah and there's about other people trt yeah yeah so you know give me another fight show yeah and before the press goes wild that's actually raf just doing michael bisping michael bisping is not here in studio i just wanted to make that clear it can be confusing it's when very you important to that yeah. good of an accent we've had complaints before Thank you. Uh, once we got fined from the UFC yeah. for comments GSP we made, did. and oh, that was an expensive non-actual fine that we. Had I would to like pay. to point out that in order to get through the insufferableness that is Michael Bisping, congratulating himself, uh, <laughs> that impression was actually Michael Bisping <laughs> on fast forward. Oh, okay, that's perfect. That's helpful. So, I like that you can not only you can like hit your TiVo button. And uh, yeah. turn it into hyper like. You have to qualify the impression. Best KO everyone read about uh, because you know no one saw it. Rampage Jackson going back into mm-hmm. old Rampage form, and by that I mean beating up no one's ever heard of in a first round TKO takes out Christian Mpumbo. Raf, you're our ratings consultant. Yes. You are the man that knows all things about what people are watching. Who was watching yes. the Bellator fights when Rampage knocked out Christian Mumpumbo? Well, I can tell you not as many people as who were watching say yes to the dress. And that's a oh. sad statistic. Fuck, are you serious? Not not just that, but apparently the repeat episode that aired shortly thereafter. <laughs> it wasn't even live. Chopped no. had better numbers. <laughs> So here's the the biggest problem I have with Bellator, and maybe you can help me out on this. Bellator puts this stuff on Friday nights, and they've been doing really well, and you can chalk it up to the fact that it was their first fight in their next series that's coming out. So that kind of promotion has its ups and downs. However, Rampage is supposed to be one of their biggest draws, and he can't even break 500K in terms of viewers, which is problematic from a rating standpoint. So, Kevin, I ask you this. You did not see the fights, correct? Correct. Okay, I did not either. Uh, Thus the reason it's winning this award. But also, do you feel that Bellator has a better chance, instead of being on a network, just being a Vine video set? That actually... Oh, we should have set that idea because that honestly might be like the saving grace of Bellator because I <laughs> wouldn't really watch it live, but I would watch this shit out of a Vine recap, especially since the fight only lasted 30 seconds anyway. You're not missing much. We're just taking out all of the production, all of the costs. Yeah, all the it money. It comes down to a Vine. You know, that could go viral. People would love the shit out of that. Plus, they just offer the exact same product. As the UFC, it's just not as good. They have the same wardrobe consultants, presumably, because they're announcers that look like smaller versions of the UFCs wear black. They, I'm saying they should call us. We can come spruce up the ratings a little bit, get a little uh, YouTube Vine culture going. 
And I guarantee you, I've looked at more ratings than their executives have. <laughs> That's uh, funny because it's true. So <laughs> stick with it, and um, I expect our call any Yay. day now. Um, best supporting KO that, Ooh. again, everyone read about because no one would have seen it goes to this last weekend. There was a flying elbow in the UFC fight pass. A spinning back elbow? Spinning back elbow. I don't know. I, I just I just heard about it. I don't know. Oh, well, that actually takes us to our next award. Um, best fight card we read about on Wikipedia goes to this last weekend's UFC fight card. I hey, Well deserved, I think. I'm smelling an early sweep <laughs> for uh, how good. It's the gravity of this year's. <laughs> MMA Oscars. Yes, especially since uh, anyone with a name in it will not get recognition. Mm. Um, best non-shocking fight call-out, Raph, goes to Daniel Cormier for calling out John Jones on the, um, I think I forget the name, the Semi-Interesting Conversation podcast, I believe, Details. over at MMA Weekly. Yeah. Um, the Robin Williams movies podcast, something about debate. I don't remember, but Daniel Cormier apparently in a very, um, subdued fashion called out John Jones. Was there anything of note in that? No, I don't think so. Hasn't he been calling him out? Is that the whole point he came down to two Oh five? I thought the whole point is you just always call out the champion no matter what. Like, even if I don't feel I'm technically as good as the champion i'm pretty sure after i win one fight i go john jones where are you at (laughs) i wish he had gone the other way and picked another starbucks barista to call out that was also a contender in his division been like patrick cummins you ain't seen shit i'm gonna knock out hold on he looks at his agent he's like do you have that name of the kid that works at uh coffee bean you don't do we have a do we have anyone no Okay, well, I'll just call out John Jones then, I guess. It's like, I wish he had called out another uh, food service employee. I'm like, I'm going to beat yeah, the shit out John of him, Jones, too. Yeah, John Jones, you look out, but before I get to you, Tony right. Sinelli? <laughs> Am I saying that right? That can't be it. Sinelli's Tony not Tony Sinelli of West Covina, <laughs> California. I heard that you said you made me cry at a wrestling session. <laughs> well, I'm going to make you cry, too, Fight sold. Uh, and I'll take a number three with everything. You know, um, okay, hold on, hold on. Now that we're thinking about this, that's making me want to pitch out a DC show, which is, you know, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. It's like, what if he's undercover boss, but except the premise is that's who he fights? <laughs> that's a show I would watch the shit out of. Mm-hmm. He just goes in to find out who he's going to fight at different barista places around the world. It's Restaurant Undercover meets that <laughs> bully show. <laughs> it's great. And I love the idea that somebody's just going to him and going, you're Daniel Cormier, aren't you? Shh, don't ruin my cover. Shut the fuck up or I'm going to fight you on January 26th inside <laughs> of the Octagon. It just hands him a note that says, I make more money than you. Fuck yourself. <laughs> That's all. Daniel Cormier is listening to this right now. I know he is. Nah. And he's thinking, oh, my God. These guys are geniuses. <laughs> I don't have to fight John Jones 
and I'm a wealthy person? This is fantastic. Um, best, saddest departure from the UFC, Raph. Uh, is it GSP? No. No, oh. Nate Diaz. That's oh, why yeah, that GSP. Because of GSP's possible OCD well, illness. Do you think he yeah, just looked like, up something that sounded like GSP? Probably. <laughs> He's like, I need... Wait, what would he say? What do you think he's... How did that go? Wait, are you asking me or asking GSP? I mean, I'm kind of asking just I the do, world. Sometimes I do I have, have him on the line because sometimes I what? put him on hold. Now that he's retired... He's, he's always on the line? Yeah, he's always well, on hold. Unhold him and ask him how he released to the world. I don't, I don't and... I'm getting off. Hold on. Okay, thank Whatever. you. Sorry. You know, if anyone listens to the show, you know we have to kick Raph off to bring GSP on. It's a line issue. Uh, hello? It is G- me, GSP? GSP, I'm really sorry to hear about the news that you might have OCD. Is that correct? Do you have OCD? Because it sounds a lot like your name. Oh, that's right. My name is GSP. I have uh, OCD. What? I am on. also said... down with OPP. <laughs> I don't think that's how. You're not reinforcing. I... No, sometimes I like to do PCP. Okay. Um, did you just look up things that sounded like your name and you've been saying them routinely? No. My favorite band is PCD, which is uh, short for Pussycat Dolls, in case you did not know that. <laughs> I don't think people did know that, but thank you. Oh, very much so. Pussycat Dolls. Well, very GSP, good. we hope you're feeling better soon. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, GSP is feeling very good, very healthy. Uh, I'm going to be in Captain America Part 2. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, CPT, short, uh, Captain. Oh, part two. Which also yeah. rhymes with GSP. Um, yes, it does. You've done your homework on this. Oh, I have tried very hard. Uh, I have so much free time, I just look up what rhymes now. Perfect. Well, thank you, GSP. And uh, as always, thanks for stopping by. So Okay, no so, problem, uh, Kevin Phillips or <laughs> Phillips Kevin. I do not know. I have to say your name three times now before I get off. Appreciate Phillip, it. Kev- Kevin You're Phillips. always the man. Kevin, Kevin Phillips. Okay, goodbye. Bye, GSP. Whew. Um, Raph, are you, are you back? <clears throat> yes, I am. Oh, God, he's great. He really has it. So, thanks, GSP. Nate Diaz is requesting out of the UFC, which is why he wins this award. Are you at all shocked? You know, I'm only shocked because I had GSP down on my home ballot, and I think he's going to really ruin my office pool. Oh, I forget. You take this very seriously. Even the awards we make out, Raph's coverage is top-notch. Right. I was wondering why your friends were I, I... Um, already trying to sway the next vote on best trailer. Henato Laron Show. The Henato Laron Show. You've seen the trailer, mm. I presume? Yes, and it's very funny. It's. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that show. I'm actually really looking forward to it, too, because if whoever edited the trailer together um, and obviously the, the shot of the trailer, I was impressed. I thought it was really funny. A lot of fun, yeah. Between the guests, between everybody, I'm, I'm impressed. So we're looking forward to that as it comes up. Um, this final award, I can't take credit for the name. <laughs> so this one was all you, Raph. Uh, this was good. Best Dick Tease. And the award goes to Joe Rogan for saying that he has a very serious announcement about Ronda Rousey's next opponent, and he'll be making it sometime in the next day or so. 
Thank you for the specifics, Joe Rogan. Yes. Any yes. idea? I'm glad that. <laughs> no, not at all. There was one rumor that said it was Gina Carano, and I said, "Ha!" And then I thought, well, I'd still see that fight, but I don't know if it's Cyborg. Great, that would be amazing. We That's should who see the Cyborg. Is, right? What if it's Joe Rogan? What if Joe's like, "It's me, fuckers. Suck it. We're gonna make this happen." Uh, I like the idea of him saying he's getting off TRT, so he'll actually be a woman pretty soon. And <laughs> making that case, I don't know. That's no. what they call in the business a callback and a beautiful way yep. to wrap up this year's special MMA Awards ceremony. Rafa Sparza, thank you for your coverage and thank you for your help. And Aiden, again, thank you for having GSP on the line. That's big. That's, That's not always... a problem. I'd just like to to take a second to thank all the people out in the world who made this MMA Awards Oscar bit possible. Uh, it's because of you. The dream exists. And I just want to say to everybody suffering from every disease or every <laughs> disability or, or stereotype, everyone to go to space or yeah, absolutely. some black hole in our American history <laughs> that you too did a really good job in their performance, but also you too, America, can survive and persevere and maybe get chosen as one of five people who are deemed important but not important enough to win this. Thank you very much. That was oh, Rafa Sparza. <laughs> yeah, I'm clapping for myself. That was pretty good. Uh, and finally, Ooh. thank you again to Adele Nazim. Without you, it's not Ooh, possible. Yeah. Verbal tap. Why did you not call these Adele disease? We will for the rest of the. We might rename the <laughs> podcast. We might just call it the Adele Nazim MMA comedy podcast. <laughs> People are going to find it niche, but they're going to enjoy it. Find us on Twitter at Verbal Tapcast, please. Send us more things you'd like to hear. If you have any nominees, let us know what they are. We would love to hear your version of the MMA Awards, especially if you can add some Oscar passion to it. We cannot be the only MMA movie nerds in the world. We just might be the only two doing it on podcast for 40 minutes at a time. 703-635-2168, our voicemail box. If you want to call and yell at Raf personally for always leaving when we bring GSP on, I think it would be appropriate. Raff, are you uh, ready to bring on some guests? Yes. Raff, are you ready to bring on our guest? I said yes. I know, I was just changing it because I said guests the first time. Well, I go back. well if you keep this up, you're not going to win an Adela Dezeems. <laughs> I'm sure she shouted us out. We're, we're, hey, Verbal Tap, official podcast of Adele Nazim's MMA Choosing. Verbal Tap fans, we have by popular demand back fighting Saturday, March 15th. Over at VFC 42, you can find tickets at cagetix.com. The man that always delivers an exciting fight from Combative Sports Center out in Manhattan, Kansas, Joe the Nose Wilk on the line. Joe, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. Thanks for having me back, man. You know, training hard and 
talking's easy for me, so I'll kill this like I do every time. <laughs> yeah, you do. I really don't think you get the credit you deserve uh, with how well you sell the fights, especially from just a fun perspective. That said, you also always bring it. You were sidelined with an injury for a little while, and I had actually not heard the details on the injury. What was going on? I actually, I, I tore my tech minor right in half. Um, I, I'll never, it, it, it's not fixable. There's no surgery for it. So um, it was something that I just had to kind of, it has to heal on its own and my body has to adapt. Um, but yeah, I have like half of my right pectoral muscle now. And, and uh, you know, definitely uh, was, it was the biggest injury, the worst injury I've had. You know, I've been training 13 years this month and it's my worst injury. But, uh, you know, I, I I have to I have to keep teaching and keep training. That's what I do. So I, I just tied my arm to my side for three months and and uh, trained like that as much as I could. And and now here I am. I'm back and healthy and ready to rock. Joe, I'm not a fighter per se, um, but especially from someone with a jiu-jitsu background, are you saying that your pectoral is important in your fighting career? Because that doesn't sound right to me. Um, you know the pectoral muscle. Um, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing. You know, there was a fighter back in the day in the UFC that didn't have one at all. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of thought that'd be it for me. I, you know, I turned 31, I turned 32 here in April, and, and um, I think people thought this injury was going to kind of, you know, be the end of the road for me. But, you know, I watched, I watched this dude, Nick Newell. I'm sure you guys know who he is. I watched this guy fight with one arm, you know, and, and at a high level. So, you know, like, for me, I just was giving everyone the middle finger, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not done fighting. And, and, you know, I feel like I got, I progressed during my injury. I I studied a lot, you know, and, and, uh, trained a lot, a lot of technique. And then I also was training with one arm, um, you know, for several months. And so, you know, you, I got my butt kicked a lot by a lot of good guys, um, and, you know, got a lot better in defense and, and just tried to stay in shape that way. When I got back and got healthy, I wasn't, you know, just like a fat turd that had been drinking for, three months straight and, and then I was able to jump right back into camp and get ready for a fight because that was the hardest part I, I would assume for someone as as uh, competitive as, as your camp is to see someone like you get your arm taken away does that open up the door for the people at your camp who go all right now I think I can pull off time to give Wilk some payback yeah oh uh, yeah without a doubt you know um I I actually challenged everybody. I challenged all the every, every purple belt in the gym. I told them, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap all of you um, with one arm before this injury heals. And, and and you know whether you like it or not, you know you guys can take it easy on me. But you know I'm gonna I'm coming after everyone. And my goal is to tap every purple belt in the gym before this thing gets better. And um, you know so that made it competitive. And and. Uh, it's hard to, as you guys can imagine, I'm sure it's hard to tap a purple belt anyway at that high of a level, you know, unless they make a big mistake, sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to catch them. And with only one arm, it's much more difficult. So it kind of upped the intensity of it. And, um, you know, um, I did make that happen. You can put, you make sure everybody knows that all my purple belts got tapped with one arm. And, <laughs> and, um, and then the thing was though, man, is that they sure came after me too. So yeah. I got, I took, I took the worst end of it, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, once I had two arms back, I felt like I had I had gotten much better during that time period. Um, you, know, you know, I always use the analogy of like taking ankle weights off, you know, and you feel like you can jump up in the air so high. Once I had both arms back, I was yeah. like, wow, I, I really have all these new things that I can work with, you know. And if you're... Was it a less popular 
day at the gym was like everybody just cleared out of there once they saw you with two hands. They're like, yep, I'm not coming to train tonight. Uh, Thanks, though. I'm just going to take tonight off. Aggieville's looking great tonight. Yeah, you know, it actually, you know, what happened was is I, as soon as I could use my other arm, I found out that I couldn't, there was no surgery. Once I found out there was like no surgery that I was just going to have to tough it out, I was like, okay, let, let's get back after it. So, um, I, you know, I started back into stand up and MMA sparring right away. Well, you know, you take three months off from anything and stuff gets rusty, but three months off from, you know, boxing, kickboxing and like MMA is, is pretty drastic. And so they, everybody definitely got their payback. Once I came back, I, I was, uh, I was definitely taking some good shots and getting beat up on by my guys, but that's the name of the game, man. The ultimate compliment, you know, I think is getting your ass up by your students. It just means you're doing something right. And Joe is not the type that gives out purple belts for participation. So anyone at the uh, combative sports center that's rocking purple around their waist, Stamwell earned it. Especially if uh, if you've never seen it, there's a great documentary about Joe's gym on YouTube, uh, the combative sports center. So check it out. Joe, tell us about VFC 42. I'm excited to have fights to watch from you again. Your fighting will shut. What's the game plan look like without revealing too much, or if you don't care because you're going to impose your will regardless, uh, if you don't mind talking about the fight? Yeah, man, uh, you know, it's no secret what how I fight. You know what I mean? Everybody knows what's going to happen. I'm going to do, like, a little ghetto ring entrance fake rap video. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get on his neck ASAFP and, and, and try to put him down and get out of there. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not the kind of guy that, you know, is going to use that universal fight plan and kind of just stand there and trade punches unless I have to. So, you know, and you can call Will Shot yourself and tell him, I'm going to take him down and sub him. I mean, that's the plan, and that's always <laughs> the plan. And so um, it's, no, it's not like I have to keep my game plan a secret from guys. They know the score by now, and, and um, I'm just going to go out and do what I do. I like that you're starting to do booking for our show now, too. It's like, yeah, yeah. by the way, while you're at it, go ahead and call <laughs> him. Let him know. I'm going to beat him up. And then I'm also going to hurt his credit score. That's how bad I'm going to put a hurt on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the funny thing is, is is that, you know, for a lot of my fights, I probably won't put that much of an actual physical hurt on him if he taps out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if I catch yeah. him and he taps, he'll go home fine, you know. So that's that that's like my ultimate thing. I like going out grabbing guys up, subbing them, not a scratch on either one of us, and we can have a beer afterwards, you know, and if guys want to bang with me, they're going to have to stuff my takedowns. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's, uh, although I got to say, um, typically in your fights, people leave with a lot of scratches, a lot of bloodiness, and um, the fights are always high octane because Joe's not joking. He is going to push the action. He's going to put you against the Ks, and you're going to have to make a pretty quick decision. So we will look forward to um, – Asking Will Shut how his neck feels on March sixteenth. Right. Yeah, I have a know, feeling it's going to be longer. The, time, I, the only prediction I really ever make is, you know, I tell everyone there there will be an ass whipping that night. Now, whether I'm giving it or taking it is the uh, is the big question. You know what I mean? But <laughs> when I go and fight, I'm either whipping the guy's ass or I'm going to try so hard to whip his ass that I'll run that I'll eventually get tired or make a mistake and then he'll whip my ass. But I'm not going to go play it safe and hope to just edge a guy out and win decisions. I watch that on TV almost every weekend on, you know, got to these high-level fights, and they just play it so safe. And that, that'll never be me, and that'll never be my guys. That's not how we do it. We go out to 
to finish. As soon as the bell rings, I, look, I, I feel like it's a stopwatch. How quick can I get him? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I fight with that sense of urgency like that. And, you know, it, a lot of people, you know, think that, that, that that's an undisciplined way to fight. But in my mind, I'm not playing the volleyball. I'm in a fight. So I'm going to go out there and get after it. And, um, you know, most of the time it goes my way. Occasionally it doesn't. But it's, it's always fun and it's usually always good to watch, too. Can I just say that I think it'd be terrifying even if you were playing volleyball, the amount of intensity that you would bring to the game? <laughs> that could be. I tried. I tried to play volleyball in high school my senior year. That's a funny story. I was more or less just being a prick, but they had a bunch of girls that were playing football, and they couldn't tell them no. And so I was like, okay, well, fine, then I'm going to play volleyball. And they were like, well, you can't. And I was like, <laughs> I absolutely can. You can't you know, not let me just because of my sex. We made this apparent already, so I'm playing volleyball. And they were saying, well, all the other teams will forfeit. If you're playing on our team, we won't get to play a season. And, you know, I was <laughs> never really had intentions of playing. I was just basically trying to cause a problem because that's the kind of kid I was. And uh, the coach finally came <laughs> to me and said, I'll tell you what, if you're going to play, not only are we wearing tights, but we're going to wear bikini uh, tights <laughs> and, and, like, rash guard tops. And uh, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, "You son of a bitch, you got me." Uh, you know damn well I'm not going to go out there and and in the bikini pants, man. Not the Ken Shamrock. I'll, I'll rock Valley Tudos, but you're not getting me in the Ken Shamrock bikini pants. Uh, first of all, I'm just saying, if every team forfeits, that's an easy state champ. That's that's, that's a roll right too. The uh, league and kudos to the coach yeah. for some gamemanship right there. Yeah, no, I give him lots of credit, you know, and I wouldn't have ever done it. I had I had some friends on the team, of course, you know, you always want to know girls on the volleyball team, and I did. And um, they, uh, you know, we had girls that were getting looked at by colleges and stuff, and so they were like, you know, if we don't get to play the whole season, how are they going to watch us for colleges? And, you know, like I said, I was more or less just kind of, you know, I was basically causing a problem because that's what I used to do. And, and, uh, well, I guess more or less is still what I do. I, I was going to say, you get, have a good time. yeah, people really love that about you, uh, especially in the cage. Can we get right, any glimpse sure. into what you're thinking about for the stage exit? Um, if you don't know, Joe always Man, does something I, I unpredictable. Think, you know, for the entrance, is that what you said? Oh yeah. For the cage walkout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, man, I tell people this all the time, and, and no one ever believes me, but I swear to you, it's true. I don't even put a minute of thought into it until usually, like, the day we're driving to the, the, the place. You know, we'll, like, we'll, we'll have this two-and-a-half, three-hour drive to Omaha, and uh, and usually, like, I'll kind of pick something out, and I'll kind of run it through in my head, and, you know, uh, I'm... It's, I always pick a song that I'm familiar with, so I kind of know the words because I do the whole lip syncing thing, and and then I just wing it, man. You know, when it when it when I get out there, it happens. I actually I love the pressure of of that. I, it takes my mind off the pressure of the fight. You know, most guys are sitting backstage and they're trying not to shit their pants because they're getting ready to get in a fist fight. I'm sitting backstage trying not to shit my pants because I'm getting ready to act like a damn fool in front of everybody. <laughs> and act like I know how to rap and how to dance and all this stuff. And by the time I get to the cage, I've got that behind me, and it's like it's like the fight's just the next step in it, you know. And, and I think it has double effect. I think that the guys in the cage are watching me do that, and they're like, well, here I am nervous about a fight, and this guy doesn't look nervous at all. And meanwhile, you know, my ass is clenched like everybody else's. But, you know, um, it's, a, it's a good time, man, and it, it's always been something I've done, and I'm invested in it now, you know. Like, 
a lot of people think that, you know, that's maybe something that's held me back on getting to the big show is that they don't like that I do that. And, and that's, you know, it's at this point, it's too bad. You know, we do 5,000 people in a 5,000-seat arena at VSC in Omaha, and 5,000 of them know that I'm going to do my thing. And if I didn't do it once out of nowhere, then what would that do to my fan base or what would that do for everyone's attitude towards me? So, you know, I'm invested in it now, man, and I'm in, I'm sticking with it. And, and if, that's a, if that's affecting me getting the call, then don't call because at the end of the day it's about fights. And, and everything that happens before we walk in and after we walk in, I think, should have little to no effect on who fights on what shows. At the end of the day, what happens in between the bells is really what happens in the fight. Absolutely. And if you see, like, the Patrick Cummins of the world that really only got a shot because they were they had that side, like, they were willing to talk shit and be a little flamboyant. And I will say this publicly, and I'm going to stand by it. I think Joe would have probably given Daniel Cormier a better fight. Uh, just from a pure matchup perspective, you're quicker. You got some jujitsu we'd have to worry about. So you know, people should uh, people should embrace this. I have well, to. Well, don't forget for the sure. weight cut because DC couldn't make <laughs> that weight cut, so he would have won by forfeit. So everybody wins on that one. Absolutely. No, I'll go up to his weight. See, that's what people don't <laughs> understand about me. people don't get that about me. If Dana White called me to. I ain't wanted me to fight Daniel Cormier on Saturday. I show up in Vegas and try to put a smacking on him. That's just how I do it. And uh, you know, like uh, the weight class thing for me, it, it, it's not that it's not super important. You know, the, the whole me going down to 45 and doing all this stuff. You know, my, that was something that came you know from my management, and my trainers. They really wanted me to go and do that and give it a shot. It's worked out really good, but. I, I'll fight anybody. I really, I'm not one of those guys that just says that. I, I'll fight Kane. I'll fight fucking DC. I'll fight Fedor. I don't care. Uh, you know, I'll fight. These guys get paid so much money, man. Yeah, it cracks me up. You know, like, you, you want to give me 25 Gs, I'll fight Fedor with fucking broken glass hand wraps like in the kickboxer movie in the alley in Russia, and then we'll have vodka drinks afterwards. I could give First of all, shit. I'd yeah. watch the shit out of that fight and that movie. I'd watch yeah. both of those. Yeah, dude, without I'm telling you right now that the the people are scared of I think of ass whippings, but I think mostly what they're scared of is like the public embarrassment. But I don't like that doesn't bother me. I'm in there I'm in there fighting and these people are in usually, you know, in seats watching me do it. So, you know, if they, if, if I have no reason to feel embarrassed doing something that they wouldn't even think about stepping in there to do, you know, as far as I'm concerned, everyone that steps in there deserves respect. And, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, man, I'm looking for good fights against good fighters. So I'll fight at any weight class against anybody, you know, especially on the – I wouldn't – let me let me take some of this back. <laughs> in the UFC <laughs> or for the right amount of money, you know, like uh, it, I, I'd only probably fight Fedor if he smacked my girlfriend or something like that for no money. But, you know, for but for the kind of money these guys are making, and especially the exposure, I'll fight anyone in the world on TV for sure. You know, like TV is like my favorite thing. So you put me on TV, you can give me the fight. Interesting. Anyone. So wait, you would you would fight anybody? So if I were to just name a few people right now, could you tell us how you would beat that individual? Yeah, yeah. Name anybody. All right, all right. We'll start. We'll start easy. We're gonna work our way to the harder ones. Let's say okay. you're in a fight with John Travolta. How do you beat John Travolta? 
uh, smack his little saggy masseuse who was giving him HJs in the in the massage <laughs> table, and then he'd be like so upset that his boyfriend got beat up, he couldn't emotionally handle the fight. Then I'd beat him to a pulp and thank him for making Broken Arrow because that's one of the greatest action flicks of the nineties. <laughs> question: that's a Broken great Arrow ending is better than Face Off? Question mark. Oh. Yeah, for sure. And mm, I think they were both John Woo. Dude, anything yeah. with Nicolas Cage, I'm taking Christian Slater over Nicolas Cage almost every time. <laughs> you could you could do what you need to. I mean, you have a misinformed opinion here, but we're gonna go to our next match. Let's say it's you versus Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme, that'd be a great fight. We all grew up on. We all grew up watching that. You know what I mean? I think he's definitely over the hill. The only chance Jean Claude Van Damme has against it's me is if he shows up with that mullet from Hard Target. He's got that sweet, like, curl mullet, that little, like, fake Frenchy Cajun accent. I might be a little intimidated, but anything else, like Time Cop, Time Cop Van Damme, I'm smacking him in the mouth without a doubt. Damn, although that is prime split, uh, JCVD, so he would be very, very agile. Just keep that in mind. Next fighter, let's say this. Let's say this. Let's say you're in a fight with the Ultimate Warrior. How do you beat the Ultimate Warrior? Oh, my God. That guy was, like, the worst worker of all time. I was actually, I, when I run on my treadmill, I, I put a TV up in front of my treadmill, and, and I watch old pro wrestling DVDs, like, to take my mind off the fact that I hate running. So I, <laughs> most like, guys probably watch fights, and I'm studying, like, how to how to work crowds and, and how to, like, <laughs> do everything like that, you know? And, and I'm watching um, WrestleMania when, when uh, I think it was WrestleMania, when, Ultimate Warrior came out and and beat Honky Tonk Man in like 20 seconds for the Intercontinental Title. He like and it, like he couldn't even pull that off. He was such a terrible worker. You know that guy's all all show and no go, man. I just you know I'd, I'd smack that guy and chuck him out with one of his armbands or something. I would I would tell you this right now. If you really need to make it through your workout, you need to always revisit Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man, where Macho Man goes for five elbow drops. And none of them have any effect on the unsellable Ultimate Warrior. Oh yeah, no, he did. Man, he's yeah, he's notorious for that. You know, the thing that sucks. I was drinking the Kool Aid when I was a kid. I wish I could say, oh yeah, I didn't like Warrior, but I was like everybody <laughs> else. I I loved Warrior. <laughs> Warrior was the man. And you look back, it it makes me mad because it's similar. Pro wrestling industry and the mixed martial arts industry are are so close that people have no idea. I mean, it it is ridiculous how much the two businesses have in common. And that's one of those classic scenarios where politics and and the guy's look and stuff is is what got him all the way there. And meanwhile, you got these great workers backstage, you know, know, scraping together money to buy a pizza and Ultimate Warriors and a limo because he's got big old veiny muscles and face paint. You know, it's pretty ridiculous, but it, it, it is also typical of our sport. You know, I watch, I watch the UFC all the time. Dude, next time you're watching the UFC and you see somebody with a record that you you're just like, wow, I'm surprised he's in the UFC six and two. Just look in that guy's corner and see who's coaching him because it's one of the other UFC fighters or one of the famous coaches that coaches guys in the UFC. It's just so political that these guys can you know it. Sometimes it's who you know and not what you know. So unfortunately, that's the case in a lot of things. And pro wrestling and MMA are definitely two of them, without yeah, question. That's why I like so many decisions are up, too. It's so true. Now, when you're talking about people who fight on TV, what if I were to ask you, how would you beat Dave the Caveman Rickles? Oh, God. 
God, that's the easiest question ever. I tackle him. I'm not kickboxing. <laughs> I, I get my listen. I'll tell you this much right now. The, me and Caveman, and we got Jake the Librarian, Lindsay here too. People should come to our gym and pay just to watch us spar because those are some of the best fights ever. You know what I mean? And and I've always said this about David. Of course, we get this question a lot, and and Dave and I are as close as close as it gets so i have no problem saying this you know do i think i could beat david in a fight yeah if it went perfect and i could get my takedowns and i could keep him down i could win a fight could david horribly finish me and separate my jaw from my face at any point during that fight absolutely for sure without a doubt you know so i always tell people hey i think i could decision david but david could definitely probably knock my head off plus he's bigger than me come on now he you know, is. I take back what I said about weight classes. It doesn't count with David. That's like, you know, like. <laughs> you know, you, you David and I, we'll stick to, we'll stick to eating competitions and, and 40 <laughs> ounce drinking races. And, you know, that's, that's our thing. We compete hard all the time when it comes to trying to out eat and out drink each other. That's yeah, true. we I get mean, the occasional Crab Rangoon update from him where he, uh, he tends to assert his dominance, but does admit that in a competitive eating contest, it's uh, anybody's game between the two of you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we've done several. You know, we actually we filmed a bunch of them. We've always had this crazy idea of trying to have our own, uh, like our own TV show and, and uh, start it on YouTube and everything like that. We have so much going on. It's hard for us to get around to it. But we have a bunch of footage, actually, of, you know, we did, uh, we did like a, it's a 12-pack of beer and a 12-pack of tacos from Taco Bell, and it's a it's just a, a race to who can finish it the fastest. And they all in the same way. We both do terrible and then throw up all over the place. Intense vomiting. Yeah, we tried to – they have a 10-pound – or they did have a 10-pound pizza challenge here in Manhattan one time, and we thought it would be a good idea. We didn't have fights coming up, obviously, and we thought, hey – we get a good little buzz going here you know i can eat a ton when i've got a buzz going so we wouldn't drink you know four five six beers and then we go there and everyone's telling us we don't have a chance to do it and, and so we told everyone well hey pour two double shots of the worst well whiskey you have and if we can't finish this we'll both do those shots with a belly full of pizza that was oh. a stupid idea because we ate about <laughs> probably seven pounds of pizza and had a stomach full of beer already and then took giant double shots of old crow and we didn't make it out the door. We both threw up all over the place. I do like that you upped the ante for no real reason, that people weren't necessarily demanding you do it. You were like, no, screw it. Add old whiskey to this and make sure it's yeah. just warm enough that it hurts. Man, that kind of sums up David and I in a nutshell. We're kind of always up in the ante for no damn reason other than just trying to be awesome, you know? That's hey, the moderation moderations for pussies i'm on your side right for sure yeah, that's exactly how i feel the only thing i want in moderation are sexually transmitted diseases everything else <laughs> just bring them on as much as possible now joe you you are so so nice about speaking well about it. and we know that you can talk shit about dave because you guys have that bond but i have one last opponent for you okay. bring it on all right how would you take out Kevin Phillips? The same way I always used to. I'd just handle him, you know. I'd hold him down to tickle his feet until he tapped out, probably something like that. I don't I remember the tickling. I do remember <laughs> knowing how that guillotine felt at a very early stage in combatives. That's what you do. See, that's how it works. I just get, I just mind fuck all you guys at the beginning, and then you guys all think I'm so tough that you, that you're that you're never in the fight 
later on, you know. Act that's tough, fa- that's act true. crazy, and then you guys all buy into it. But dude, speaking of that, um, Kevin, actually, I got K-State classes running again right now. I got – we're, Holy we're shit. doing it right now. Yeah, it's um, we it's um, it's not for credit yet, but we're working our way back into it. We we just started uh, at the beginning of this semester. It's um, it's an all females course, like the one we used to run, and uh, we had yeah. thirty girls in the first enroll into the very wow. first time we offered it, and, and now we've got a waiting list. So, um, I, I'm gradually getting my foot back in that door, and and that's one of my you know big time goals outside of fighting is to rebuild that program at Kansas State University because we had a great thing going there and it got kind of, you got the rug pulled out from under us for no reason. And, and um, you know, so I, I worked hard. I got myself back out involved with Fort Riley and all the soldiers. That's going great. And now uh, we got K-State things up and running again. The gym's going awesome. So we've just That's got badass. an army of guys out here and, um, and, and things are going really good. But yeah, I thought you, you know, I get a lot of, not just you, but all the time I'm hearing from people that went through that class, you know, and, and I'll randomly get Facebook messages or phone calls and people telling me, you know, this happened and I never would have been able to handle it, but, you know, I've been through that class and, and it's usually not a story about a fight or anything. It's usually about a story about how, you know, (laughs) that you basically your penis and testicles increase, you know, three times in size just from learning an arm bar somehow, you know, you walk around with that confidence and, and, uh, and everybody in the room can see it all over your face. You know, I always use the term that they can smell my dick through my pants. And um, and so, you know, when I walk into a room and people are like, oh, you know, I think there's going to be problems in this room. I walk into that room and there's never a problem because they know ahead of time without me saying a word that I'm just not someone to be messed with. And, and that's the that's the ultimate thing about jiu-jitsu. It doesn't, it's not just about defending yourself physically it's about having the confidence to enter yourself into into those things knowing that outside of your comfort zone you've you've got what it takes to whip it out if you need to you know what i mean absolutely and there were two girls in the class i took i took i think the second time you guys offered it at k-state and at that point you knew you guys had something and of course it had quadrupled in size by the next semester but the compliment i gave was the two girls that were in our class I fucking dare anyone to try and take advantage of them in a back alley, and they better bring more than just someone that's twice their size. It's like these girls, by the end, um, could beat the shit out of half the guys in the class. And it's like you're talking about the main confrontation in the back streets. Those fights usually are about size, not about knowledge, right? Like Most attackers are assholes. So uh, I'm stoked to hear the combatives program's back. And no doubt it's the charisma of Joe the Nose Wilk. Joe, you're fighting VFC 42, March 15th, cagetix.com. That's cagetix.com. If anyone's out in Manhattan, you have got to go see this man. He, um, The way he is right here on air is the way he is in class. Great teacher, uh, fantastic instructor. Like I said, very important in getting me started in the sport with combatives that led to jiu-jitsu, which just led to eventually talking to Raf here all the time. Joe, we really appreciate you coming on. People can still find you on Twitter and Facebook, right? Joe the Nose Wilk? Yep, uh, it's Joe Knows MMA on Twitter and then just Joe Wilk on Facebook. And um, I'm not hard to find any time, you know what I mean? So, And I tell you guys this all the time, any time. I'll do this every night if you guys want to. This is one of my favorite parts of this whole sport. You know, I, I may not be the best fighter in the world right now, but I swear to you I'm the best interview in mixed martial arts. That's the goddamn truth, man. I was going to say, he uh, backs it up. 
Joe, we're stoked. And please, everyone listening, go out and Google Joe the Nose Wilk. Watch one of his fights. Um, his fights all the way back to when you started in the um, like the kind of rings that people just set up in bars all the way to having the cameras on you at VFC. You can see the fight quality doesn't change. So we uh, we appreciate you stopping by and talking to the podcast. Anytime, boys. Just call me up, man. Let me know. Thanks for having me on, and, and shout out to everybody out there listening and supporting this sport. It's very important to all of us, you know what I mean? And and it sounds cliche, but we really do do it for the fans. You know, if there weren't people watching me fight or watching me on TV, I wouldn't have that driving force. So appreciate all the fans out there. Appreciate you guys for giving us all exposure, too. Joe the Nose Wilk. Raph, dynamite work with the people you chose to present Joe to fight with. I always like oh, it when you, you uh, pull my name into it. Why, why is reality, that? Because it's possible that I could be rolling with Joe sometime in the near future when I return to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, and he's going to remember this little factoid and just beat the shit out of me in whatever way he's predicted. So I mean, I that doesn't sound for... like it's far off from what's already happened. It's not. It was, he, he kind of makes it sound funny, too. Like, he was intimidating. Like, just really quiet at first, but not in a quiet way. Just he chose his moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would always arrive, like, <laughs> just eating McDonald's, clearly hungover from the night before, but then just get right into it. It was like, Jesus. But it's do you also badass. feel maybe, maybe, now that you've had some time to get a little bit better, not a lot, but you've gotten a little bit better, yeah. Maybe we're lowering his bar of expectation of what we you're need to. Do. That's what we need to do. I don't think it's going to help because typically, uh, you know, in jujitsu one, he's going to probably see what rank I am pretty quickly and still have an but idea. Kevin, we've learned that that doesn't matter. So that's get true. That out of your head. Um, but I don't feel confident. I'm not. Okay. I'm not Kevin, brimming here's with what we have to do because I know that when we're talking about mind games. You have to yeah. have one to be yeah. able to actually yeah. play yeah, them. So is, I love I'm this helping is, you out here. I love because this is going. He is a master mental chess player, so he's already checkmated you just yeah. without doing anything. So what I'm doing is I'm now giving you that mental game you can play back at him. I appreciate that. What do you suggest I do? Are you suggesting okay. I talk smack? Oh, completely. But I the thing is, I feel like you're suggesting I do it and you're not volunteering to do it yourself, which Hold I think on, is no. interesting. I don't think you remember our last interview. I got a promo cut at the expense of myself via Joe the Nose Wilk. So what That's I'm saying true. to you here is maybe it is your turn to take some of the slack, but you can yeah. you can beat him at the war of words if you have you the right know, coach. I've actually been thinking about this and I have an idea for a move, Raph. Okay. So, like a triangle with no shoulder in. So I'm going to need like a hand across to grab the shin. And then while I'm submitting him, I squeeze his nose. So it's like a a Joe the Nose submission specific. What do you think about that? How do you feel? It's pretty assumptive. Yeah. Well, that's the point. Like, I'm not... (laughs) Yes, it's assumptive. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, why not beat him in his own game? So you want me to try and guillotine him? Oh, no, no. I would never. Okay. I was like, I think that's – there's. let's draw the line of insanity somewhere. And I don't think that's going to happen. As someone who has been on the receiving end of one of your guillotine attempts, let's not. No. But 
let's say this. What would he least expect from you? Let's start there. Ah, uh, for me to come screaming like a banshee and try and like flying armbar him. Which is pretty good. Yeah. But do you think he would expect you to instead of just pulling guard, just be like, have my side control? Uh no, I don't think he would be expecting that. Exactly. All right. Number typically one. black belts don't expect people to just hand them their side control. Normally. Exactly. It's dangerous. And now 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 we're getting to the like, what the fuck's wrong with Kevin stage? And you're yeah. in his head. Ooh. Okay. So So hmm. hold on. Let okay. me go from here. Because this is also a very dangerous thing and I wouldn't recommend doing it. But for you, let's definitely have you do it. <laughs> let's say the one thing he's not going to expect from you is what if you were to implement your good friend Travis Connolly Oh. Oh. And his proficiency of using a figure four leg lock, which A, Joe wouldn't expect, and yeah. B... Once he's in it, would mm-hmm. have to go into pro wrestling rules and would essentially be defeated. Now, here's why I love this, too, because if okay, you're thinking about this purely from logistics, I'm probably going to have to fly in to MCI in Kansas City anyway, which sure. is very close to Travis Conley's gym. He's yes. going to have to teach me how to do that at KCBJJ first, the figure four. I don't know that move. Okay, it's very simple. Um, and perhaps... Travis is the right person to show me how to try and perform that on a high-level black belt. I'm not a 1,000% sure that will be reflective of Travis's teaching if I'm able to get it done. But I, I love this. I think this is yeah. a great idea. I learn a pro wrestling move. He's not expecting it. And I come at him, and then, you know, the ultimate goal is to obviously have him tapping via a – what was it again? A figure four leg lock? It is a figure four leg lock as made most famous by Ric Flair. And, and can I say – Go ahead. If you really are doing it, and, and, and not the, like, giving him side control because that's just stupid. And I wanted to see okay. if you would actually do that. No, I was pretty out of the plan on that. I was like, I don't like this at all. It's like, you know what he'd really not be expecting? Me to give him my back. That would shock him, wouldn't it? I figured that'd take the joke too far. But think about this. If you are playing in someone's open guard, mm-hmm. let's say they're going to Eva. Okay. Let's say if they're doing that, they've essentially set up the figure four leg lock. Yeah. So all you have to do is get Travis to teach you. I'll give you my variation, but I feel Travis, as an actual trainee in the arts of pro wrestling, would be able to help you out with that. So I I think there's a way to do it. This is great. Joe's never going to expect this. And then there's going to be this great video of him beating the shit out of me online. Sure. So look forward to it. Coming. Great interview with Joe, as always. And thank you for your real tremendous coaching help here, Raph. I think you've helped me with some good ideas. I'm going to not only make sure that you win the war of words, which is a hefty task, <laughs> but then I'm going to make sure that you at least, you know, you, you put up, you beat the Vegas odds. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So three minutes. What do you think the over under is? Two and a half. Uh, I had you at a minute. Perfect. Joe, the nose will. Thanks again. This will start our shout outs as we remind you to go to cagetix.com. See him at the Ralston arena. He's never, ever anything less than an amazing fight. VFC 42 Saturday, March 15th. Check it out. And if you're in Manhattan combative sports center out there, or, you know, get um, accepted to K state. I'm proof. It's not very hard. And enroll in the combatives program, especially if you're currently a lady and just in the future, uh, leaving your options open. Nothing but time. 
Ready for shout outs? Raph, are you ready for the shoutest of the outs? Yeah, let's do it. The shout outs. I'll start. BJJ United out there in Pennsylvania, just a little to the west of Philadelphia. They were super nice. I was supposed to go train there on Saturday. I ended up getting very ill um, Saturday morning due to alcohol poisoning is what I believe the the technical term is. Um, I was also just tired because I hadn't quite slept enough since our Thursday competition class over at BJJ and MMA Academy, which has started back up. Can't Mm. get the segues, Raph. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly where Andrew's teaching some of the best basics of jiu-jitsu fundamentals programs for new beginners come by the gym if you're never trained if you've always trained plenty of time plenty of space plenty of great instructors tons of fun no concept jiu-jitsu out in maryland and of course use bjj finder as i did to find bjj united bjj finder the world's premier jiu-jitsu school locator run by andrew it's great you plug in your zip code you find schools near you it's that simple encourage people to apply if they are not near you and registered so that way raf and i can you know find the schools that are great that's all we're ever asking for and of course to combative sports center out there in manhattan uh, doing great things that's gonna do it for me raf all right uh i'll start off with valley martial arts center Uh, always good training out there. We've got so many awesome uh, people who are just hitting the mats. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, and now some of the guys are getting so amazingly good that it, it's getting harder to try and pull off some of your, your normal tricks, which is always a good thing. Uh, but in particular, I want to thank Eric Opel, who's one of my buddies who uh, made it out to come train with us at Valley Martial Arts Center. Eric's just – he's a beast. He's awesome. And getting to train with them after a little while was amazing. So to those folks, also to our friend Nick Griardis, uh, God, man, I'm stoked. He's apparently going to come train with us a little bit is what I'm hearing. That's awesome. Uh, So (laughs) I'm excited to see that happen. But he's also doing a seminar out in Whittier at Gracie Barra and I would highly suggest on March 8th it's going to be at 12 p.m. If you guys haven't made plans to go do that, I would highly suggest it. One person on Reddit and I'm I'm not making this up wrote this and I was already excited but this person wrote uh Optimisto 1820. He said, Nick did a seminar at Yorber City Jiu-Jitsu Club not so long ago that marked an upswing in my game. I came away that afternoon with a couple of concepts that resonated in my mind until I got them and it opened up pathways in movement. Attend if you can. So I was already pretty excited and then I think this put me over the top. That's badass. I'm super That's jealous. A great yeah, that is. Tell Nick, if I were in the area and had the day free... I still wouldn't go. No, I'm kidding. I would definitely. What a fucking that. dick. I like that. That's one of your qualifiers. If I had the day free and if I my gas had... tank were full and I s- plenty of money for gas, I Pretty still wouldn't good drive five minutes. Babysitter because my dogs, I mean, uh, getting out there, it's a lot of work. I would think about it. I would maybe attend. No, I would absolutely. Um, so, I'm just trying to start the. I just. I need a jujitsu nemesis. I just don't feel like Nick's it. I don't know. No, he's not it. He's way too. Yeah, he's out of my league. From a nemesis perspective, we're not in the same. We're not there yet. No. Uh, Speaking of nemesis, my BJJ podcast nemesis, Paul Moran, 
Uh, we have a video that we just put up this week, so I would highly encourage you guys to go see it and see what a dick he is to me as a human being. Let's uh, also. It's a good interview. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, mostly I'm good in it. At least know that. <laughs> I like that you steal equipment at the end. That's always that's that's when I beam with pride. It's like there's my podcast. <laughs> you go. That's that's the partner doing what he does. <laughs> uh, I also want to shout out uh, Pam Moyer. So Pam is putting together the women's open mat that's happening in a few weeks over at Martial Arts Center, Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, that is going to be on April 6th. It's the SoCal Women's Open Mat. So it's grappling women from all over SoCal. They meet once a month, and there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff happening at this. There's going to be some judo happening. They're also going to be giving away uh, raffle prizes. So there's going to be something as simple as, you know, free classes, gift certificates, all that stuff. If you want to donate, please get in contact with uh, us over here and we'll forward you over to Pam. Uh, you can get in contact with us at Verbal Tapcast on Twitter at, at Verbal Tapcast or Verbal Tapcast at gmail.com. That's right. So get in contact with us uh, one of those two ways. And if you're looking to be a good human being and you have some geese that you just want to give away, like you just don't use them. We, we all have those geese. Uh, you can give the gift of a gee to www.jamminbjj.org. They're going to be doing a, a gee giveaway that they want to give to people who need those. So they're collecting them. If you guys want to go ahead and donate, get in contact with us, let us know that. We're more than happy to help you guys out, but that's going to be part of that Women's Open Mat on April 6, 2014. Make sure to do that. We also want to say a nice shout-out to Andre Galvo. Andre was so amazing in his interview uh, that we did at Five Grappling, and just a thrill to talk to him. And he retweeted us and favorited our, our interview, and actually put on his Twitter, like, hey, guys, go check this interview out, uh, which we always take as a nice sign that he enjoyed the interview as much as we did. So I actually watched the and interview and loved it. So props to you both. Fun interview. So thanks, Andre. Thank you. That was great. Yes, very much so. Uh, we also want to shout out, uh, and finally, I guess on the main shout outs, uh, Joe the Nose Wilk. Always. Joe. It's such a great interview, and I'm going to let you know a little secret right now, Joe, if you're still listening. Kevin is going to be trying to get you with the figure four leg lock. <laughs> I would highly man. recommend Come on. that you don't fall for it, and he's going to do it when he's in Daily Hava Guard. So just uh, know that going in. I'm sure he's worried. I'm sure he was nervous. Thank God he's still I, listening. I'm positive he was most fearful of that happening. I'd rather challenge him to a pizza-eating contest, it sounds like. Um, so. No, you would lose. You <laughs> You've got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> you bitching I, about that. I had – it was the vanilla bean creme brulee and, uh, you know, all the wine I probably had that did it. Yeah, absolutely. Is that going to do it for you at the shout-outs? You're good? I'm just going to do one more, which is, oh, hey, guys, please. tell me where to train. I'm open to going to different places all within the greater Los Angeles area. So if there's a place that you want me to come train at, let me know. Throw that at me at VerbalTapCast on the Twitter Woo. and uh, you get to beat me up. It's fun. Hey, I was also on the Trivial Show, which you can find on iTunes, talking about this podcast. So if you're into really no specific genre but movies and just trivial knowledge, check out the Trivial Show on iTunes or thetrivialshow.com. You can find it. I called you I complimented you, which means I was probably also alcohol poisoned during the show. 
That's going to do it for us here at Verbal Tap. Please don't forget at Verbal Tapcast on Twitter, verbaltapcast at gmail.com. If for anything you want to hear on the show, buzz us, tweet us, whatever. YouTube, Verbal Tapcast. You can find all these interviews we're talking about and so much more content. And please don't forget, if you're downloading the show on iTunes, just leave us a little review. A little review that says great or actionable. Just one word. Knock it out. Maybe more words. It's up to you. But I'm not pressure filled. This has been Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And did you really say something nice about me on another podcast? Oh, that was an accident. That's awesome. Worst. Worst.